I'm Taylor Barr, radio DJ. This is my podcast. You're about to hear five monologues. There might be a connected story. It might just be random, but the important part is I write these and it is fun. So I hope you enjoy. And thanks for listening. A gangly man in a too tight suit and a felted bowler hat smashed through a paper wall into the previous living room of an elderly couple. He was on tour, looking to buy the house, when he tripped over a low step and toppled over. The resulting crash laid waste to the fine china and porcelain figures the wife of the old couple used to collect. The gangly man lay there on the floor, surrounded by shattered bits of porcelain and dog hair. It was not from any dog the old couple ever knew. In fact, the dog hair had been ingrained, interwoven into that carpet since shortly after its installment. The gangly man gingerly rolled over and onto the palms of his hands, gently pressing the broken shards that scattered the ground into them. He managed to stifle a scream. He managed to bite his inner cheek so as to cause more pain and distract from the lacerations along his hands. He failed to consider that this maneuver would also hurt, and that everything he ate later that day, and even further into his week, would taste of blood. The gangly man brought himself to his feet, hands hanging low, dripping red into the shag carpet. He moved through the house, searching for the realtor, and he yelled for her, and in a moment she was there screaming and frantically searching for something to slow the bleeding. She hesitated, but finally settled on the closest decorative towel, promising herself that this would be worth it if she saves a life, and she shouldn't just push him on outside. The gangly man was passed out in a bathtub, head against the faucet, arm over the knobs. The real estate agent had managed to carry him to the upstairs bathroom, where he could bleed peacefully and not disturb her work. She was expecting another prospective buyer and didn't want to squat her from the street in her way. A couple knocks on the knocker on the front door. It reverberates throughout the house and wakes the gangly man for a moment. Then he is back to dreams. The couple is growing impatient and the man taps his foot. The woman nudges him with a gentle push from her elbow, and he stops. The real estate agent bounds down the steps, three at a time, to meet them. It is almost thirty seconds until the agreed-upon meeting time, which was far too close for the agent's liking. On the last step, however, she slipped and caught herself on the banister, knocking out cold. The couple hears the thunk through the solid wood door, and they decide to enter, to see if anything happened, and also because it was now the agreed-upon time. Their eyes widened upon seeing the body of their prospective seller, now limp. They called to her. They snapped in front of her face. They even tried to roll her over, and nothing worked. With the agent on her back, The woman of the couple bends low over her head, within inches of her face, and certifies that she is, in fact, 
breathing. The couple propped up the agent on a couch and toured themselves around. First of all, the den was a mess. The sunken conversation pit was the focus of the room and enveloped a fireplace in the center. The high ceilings looked even higher with it, and the lighting made it seem even higher than that. With just a trick of the eyes, they had almost tripled the emotional space of the room, and it was impressive. There was porcelain everywhere, though, and what they assumed was wine stains all over the carpet. This would certainly end up in their review of the agency. The kitchen was better, a mid-century, nice, solid wood countertop surrounded the pathway, which in turn surrounded another mid-century, solid wood top countertop island. The island had an interesting handle on the side of it, and the husband went to try it out. As he lay his hand on the dingy brass handle crossbar, a voice rang from the den. It told them not to open that door, that whatever they do, let it not be discovering what lay beneath that island. The couple did not listen, and the man heaved it on the handle. It did not need such power, as the contraption was well lubricated, and his rapid action caused it to creak under the pressure. The island top whipped up and opened wide, revealing... A staircase. The couple shared a few worried glances, then a few excited glances, and then glances of resounding agreement. They held hands, waffle style, and stepped into the dark. They made their way down the dark and dank, over the creaky wooden steps, and pushing past what can only be hoped was cobwebs. After about twenty steps, the stairs turned to stone, and their footfalls carried further. It sank colder as they traversed deeper into the cave, and then they stopped descending, but they did not stop walking. They walked for a mile before anything interesting happened, and the woman found a light switch. It was flicked and the couple was surrounded, overwhelmed by the amount of choice they had. It was a bunker, something that could easily survive if a nuclear blast were to go off in the closest major city. But it was more than a bunker, or less than a bunker. It had been renovated and no longer contained rations or survival gear. It was wine. This house had the most intense wine cellar they had ever witnessed, and they wanted in. The couple gathered up several of the bottles and started the long trek back. It was a much shorter trip heading back, and they were up and out of on the kitchen island, back on less solid ground and in the light of day. The wine bottles were still in the woman's purse, proving further that it was not a dream. Then, from the den, they heard a voice again. It asked them if they had gone in the island. They said no, 
and the realtor asked them if that was true, because it sure seemed like they went in, especially because she was calling for help and they did not respond. The couple reassured her that they were just rude and that there was nothing to worry about. The gangly man awoke to a dark scene. The bathroom had hosted him into the night, and he was now left to defend himself against the dark. He felt sticky, like blood had covered him recently, but he couldn't tell because, again, it was too dark. The gangly man exited the bathroom and continued his survey of the house. After all, a nap in the tub does not nullify one from purchasing a house. He avoided the stains in the den and the shards still yet to be cleaned up, tiptoeing into the kitchen. There was something odd, something off about the kitchen, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it. Everything was funny, and not much was making sense, and then it hit him. He walked into the opening of the island, slamming his nose hard against the wooden top. It took him a moment to realize that he would lift it up just a little more, so as to enter the island. It was a tunnel, a cave of sorts, and it attracted the gangly man. He had to crouch to traverse the pass, and it just kept going. Then he heard a thunk and decided it was nothing of concern. He continued to shuffle until suddenly, and out of the darkness, he no longer had to bend over. He ran his hands along the wall and found a light switch. He flicked it and revealed a room full of wine. He rejoiced. The gangly man would not be found for over two weeks. Up next, I'm Amazed by My Morning Jacket, and after that, Oh My God by Adele. Bye. This has been Taylor Barr, Radio DJ, a weekly collection of monologues for the online audio listener. Share it with your friends. Sit in a silent car with a not-so-close friend and listen to my podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening.